0: How can you be too busy to to set aside time for the one thing that actually matters? People are the only thing that you get to take to heaven with you. Um, Every person you meet is either going straight to hell or straight to heaven. So how can you not take the time to help equip them, answer their questions? A big thing for me is I didn't have a mentor growing up and I think of how my life would have panned out so differently like all those hard times I had in middle school and high school, if there could have been someone in my life checking on me and speaking into it and truly teaching me about God's love, I probably wouldn't have been suicidal. So if I can change one girl's life and the way that my life could have been changed, then why wouldn't I want to change that for her? Because how much more will she be able to do for the kingdom of God if she can find that freedom at a much younger age?
1: People and God's Word. Those are the only two things that will survive into eternity. Why wouldn't we want to spend our time investing in people's lives? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is our third and final podcast with Michelle, a teacher in the Wichita area. She has been so greatly impacted by Jesus and by the life of another woman who poured into her life that she is now committed to making a difference in the lives of other young women. Is it easy? Is it always fun? I'm sure Michelle would tell us no to both of those questions. But is it worth it? Oh yes. Today, she starts by reminding us about the importance of prayer and the fact that God is the only one who can really change people. You brought up prayer, and I was going to ask about that. What What is the role of prayer in all this, would you say?
0: Oh man, without it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I spend more time praying over my girls and their lives than I actually spend in person with them. I can't do anything to change their lives. It's not my job to save them. Only Jesus can do that. And so praying that God's working in their lives, that He's preparing their hearts, and that when they're, especially when I know a specific thing that they're going through, praying over that specific issue in their life, that God would be king over and that He would be working through it and using this to draw their hearts closer to Him. So that it's used to strengthen their faith rather than tear it down. And we try to start every Bible study with prayer. We end it with prayer. It ends with every girl sharing what is something in her life that she needs the others to be praying over her for the next week. We all write this down in our journals. We started that several years ago and then we come back and we pray over those. And the girls are like, I encourage them to specifically be praying over them each other each week. But if I'm not, bringing them before God in prayer, then I'm trying to in my own strength and I can't do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I said, it's not my job to save them. It's just my job to point them to Jesus. I have to have God preparing their hearts beforehand because yeah. I can't change a person's heart. <laughs>
1: mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. Take us back a little bit to the, um, the meeting that you have. You mentioned journaling. Tell us what, mm-hmm. what role does that play in, in the meeting?
0: Yes, all the girls are instructed to always show up with a Bible, a journal, and a pen. Anything else they want to bring is extra, but they're instructed to have that. Because I one time had a pastor tell me this, if someone takes the time to meet with you, to show up, prepared to learn. And so I'm trying to build that character quality in them from the very beginning, that when we spend time with God, we're showing up to spend time with God. And if he's taken the time to write the word to us, then we should take the time to write down what we're learning. So that way we can refer back to it. And so we show up to every meeting and I encourage them to write down what God, they're seeing inside scripture, what they're learning. And we'll go over those together. And it's in those journals so that they also are to write down the prayer requests for the week. So I did know what they're praying over. So it's just trying to build that habit in their lives of so when they get oh, before the word of God to be journaling alongside of it.
1: Mm. Do they have homework then?
0: We haven't made it to that point. Since we're with a private Christian school, a lot of several of my girls, they have a lot of homework already. So their big homework is to just make sure that they're in God's Word. If they have any further questions to go explore them, I've encouraged them all to be finding accountability within each other. Several of them are very good about they send each other pictures of their Bible study notes every day. And as accountability, like, hey, I was in God's word and holding each other accountable in that. But I don't, I do my best not to give them homework because I want them to genuinely be studying God's word out of a love for it rather than it's a checklist.
1: So you encourage them to be in the word every day on their own, but not a specific assignment. Is that true? Correct. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Good. You mentioned before that you sometimes have a specific type of study that you do, what materials have you found to be helpful?
0: One of the best materials I've found is there's a company called the Daily Grace Co. And they're very good about teaching the inductive Bible study method. And so I've gotten the girls many a time different studies from there. They have a study called Search the Word that actually walks them through what the inductive Bible study method is. And so I've used that with many of them. And they also have several book studies. So I've used those many times. I also will bring commentaries just to get them used to the idea of what a commentary is and how to use it, letting them know that it's not necessary, but it is a good tool to use. And so trying to teach them different methods that are available to them. But I also just, uh, my biggest thing is that they're getting in the word So I like the Daily Grace Co. ones because they're very deep, but they're also very visually appealing, which for a middle schooler or high schooler is going to draw them to want to use it more. So they've done very good with placing together resources that are appealing to that age bracket, but go very deep.
1: The name of that was what now? Daily Grace?
0: The Daily Grace Co.
1: Co. Okay. Is there (laughs) a website? DailyGraceCo.com?
0: I believe it's the dailygrace.com. But if you Google the Daily Grace coat, it will for sure pop up. Okay. And they run sales on a regular basis, which has been a huge blessing because I will buy in bulk when the sales are happening to utilize with the kids. <laughs>
1: when 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 you mentioned before that girls will challenge you to see if you really are genuine perhaps about loving them, what does the challenge look like?
0: they will generally want to meet one-on-one. And when we show up one-on-one, they'll, the conversation often goes something along the lines like, do you really mean what you said that you will still love me? And I'll say yes. And then they will purposely throw out one item without any context surrounding it that is meant to be a shocker. Whether And I'm not going to give specific instances just because mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect my kids, but they'll throw out like something that they've either done or that they've seen someone do and uh, they'll they won't give me a lot of information but it's purely just to see what is my reaction in that moment Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. based off of my reaction over a series of weeks i will begin to gain more information i will rarely get more in that one moment than just that little tiny nugget of what happened Mm -hmm. but being willing to be patient with them and uh, slowly ask questions as they are willing to answer them and knowing learning to read body language of when to stop and now now's not the time to push anymore. We'll try again later. <laughs> and making sure that I remain very calm in those moments, because if I react overreact, then they're not going to return with any more information.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. What would you tell someone if they are inspired by this conversation and would like to start meeting with either girls or guys, depending on the gender, uh, how would you tell people to get started or what, what would be the essential elements of, that someone needs to start doing this sort of thing?
0: First of all, start praying, start asking God to be preparing you for it and to start showing you where he would have you do this. And then look right in front of you. You don't have to go out and hunt people down. When I first began, it was literally one girl who was right in front of me and already in my life. And then it grew from there, but it's always been the people right in front of me. I've never mm. had to go hunt them out and force them to do this. God. And when we see Jesus, he goes and he, the disciples are right in front of him as he calls them to him. He's like, Hey, yeah. come follow me. And so it's literally just looking for the person that's already right there in my life. And then inviting them further into it and saying, Hey, do you want to start going deeper in your relationship with Jesus? And then being okay with the fact that sometimes you're going to be rejected. When I first began doing it, I had many girls reject me, but then it was funny because as time went on, many of those girls that rejected me then turned around and started coming months later.
1: Mm, Interesting. Well, so just be aware of uh, people that God has put in your life, pray for them, pray for an opportunity to, to get into their lives.
0: But yeah, so, and then from there, just like setting a specific time and place and showing up with a plan, but also being willing to when God derails it to let the derailing happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what would be the plan that you'd start with on someone who is just, just getting started with this? What, what plan would you use? The daily grace co idea.
0: I would probably use search the word with the daily grace co because making sure that you're familiar with inductive Bible study and that they're familiar with it, It's going to walk you through what is the meta narrative or the big picture story of the Bible, how to see how scripture fits together Because if you don't have that firm, if you're not building that firm foundation yourself, you're not going to be prepared to teach someone else to have that foundation. And all you have to be is one step ahead of them. Like I said, when I first started, I literally would go to Sunday school class on Sunday mornings and then the next Saturday, turn around and teach what I had just learned. So it's not like I was overly prepared or exactly knew what I was doing, but I knew that God was teaching me and this girl was asking questions and I was just passing on what I was learning. And then as it, the more I did it, the more tools I was able to build, but it started out very, I look back and I laugh because I don't know why she kept showing up. <laughs> but God was good and he used it.
1: Yeah, great. I think many of us see the admonition in scripture to make, go and make disciples as you're going, make disciples of all nations. Sometimes we interpret that as make converts, but I can see in your life, you're making disciples, people that actually walk with the Lord. Some of the reasons that people don't want to do that, I think, or or don't do that are because they're too busy. They don't think they're capable of doing it. Uh, They have other demands on their lives. What would you say to encourage someone to get started in doing this if the Lord's calling them?
0: Yes. Well, for that, you're not capable, um, worry. For that one, if you are truly surrendering your life to Jesus and you're taking the time to just show up and spend time with him, then God's going to equip you. He's going to show up and he's going to fill in the gaps. Like I said, it's not your job to save them. It's his job. You just need to be faithful. And he's going to be preparing their hearts. He's going to be preparing yours. He'll bring to mind what you need as long as you're faithfully showing up. For those who are too busy, how can you be too busy to spend, to set aside time for the one thing that actually matters? People are the only thing that you get to take to heaven with you. Um Every person you meet is either going straight to hell or straight to heaven. So how can you not take the time to help equip them answer their questions? A big thing for me is I didn't have a mentor growing up. And I think of how my life would have panned out so differently. Like all those hard times I had in middle school and high school, if there could have been someone in my life checking on me and speaking into it and truly teaching me about God's love, I probably wouldn't have been suicidal. So if I can change one girl's life and the way that my life could have been changed, then why wouldn't I want to change that for her? Because how much more will she be able to do for the kingdom of God if she can find that freedom at a much younger age? And as far as time, I mean, you don't have to set it. I take them along and do life with me. Like I can't tell you how many discipling sessions we've had doing grocery shopping. <laughs> like. We'll stop by, we'll, I'll grab them a coffee and then we'll walk around Walmart or Target picking up groceries while they're, we're having a discussion about what's going on in their life. And mm. I'm able to help walk them through that. And we might have to pause a little bit and we'll pull out the Bible on our phones, but we're able to keep walking. And so you just do life with them. It doesn't have to look like this picture perfect. Set this beautiful table, sit down, do Bible study. The, all the girls want is to know that there's someone in their life that genuinely cares for them and will show up and it will invite them into their life.
1: What do you see for the future in your situation? Are you going to keep doing this for the time being, you think?
0: I definitely see myself continuing doing this.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, even before I started this, one of the things I found real fast is every job I landed at, there was always someone there that I ended up mentoring or discipling or sharing the gospel with. And it was the common denominator between the many jobs I had before I came to the job I am now. And Mm -hmm. it's just what God created me for. So I definitely see myself continuing to just any woman that he brings into my life or girl, definitely pulling them under my wing and being willing to just share Jesus with them and encouraging them in their walk with God.
1: How exciting. Bless, bless you for doing that. That's great.
0: I think when it comes to my girls, one of the biggest things that I've observed is that, Well, some of them come in excited about it. It's not unusual that many of them come in very skeptical because they maybe haven't had someone who's genuinely, truly wanting to show up on a regular basis investing in their lives. And so whether they're not sure how long I'm going to last or they just don't even know what to think of it, um, as they begin to grow and trust me that I truly do care about them and I'm going to continue showing up and that I genuinely live out what I teach them on a daily basis in front of them. Cause like I said, many of them attend the school where I work. So for them, they're, they get to watch me on a very real day-to-day basis, live this out in various scenarios, watching how they begin to slowly change as of whether they're taking their friendships more seriously. And I'm beginning to watch how it's not unusual that they're suddenly the ones that are beginning to disciple their friends. They're beginning to, like want to meet together for lunch at breaks and ha- lead their own Bible studies there where they're encouraging each other in their faith all the way to, it often spreads by the time they're getting to that point where they're really beginning to experience the God's love for themselves, watching how there's, there's light that comes on inside of them. And you'll hear it from other teachers or people like, wow, I've seen this change in this person. And I hear that about a lot of my girls that people can see the visible change within them within a year and how their friends are beginning to ask them what changed, like the friends that don't go to the Bible saying that, what changed? You're suddenly a lot happier, or you just are more at peace, or there's just this light about you that I can't put my finger on and watching that change happen. And then it becomes contagious because the gospel is contagious. People can't when they truly experience the gospel, they can't stay quiet about it. And they just then want to go forth and tell all their friends. And I now at this point have lost track of how many generations out it has gone. And the fact of like, I know like up to like two to three layers of people that have continued spreading it. But beyond that, I've lost track of it because it's now spread beyond even where I know the people anymore that it is influencing because they're being faithful and uh, taking up the challenge to go tell others. And they're mentoring their own friends at this point. And that's tends to, it takes time to get there for many of them that by the time they're mentoring their own friends, they're generally about two years into it at that point. Hmm. And hmm. But it's amazing to watch that transformation of how many of them show up from this kid that doesn't want to be there or they want to be there, but they're not invested yet to, to suddenly they fully own their faith and they're ready to go out and take on the hard questions with their friends. And sometimes they don't know the answers, but they've watched me enough times say, I don't know the answer, but let's go find it together that they're learning how to find the answers themselves and guide their friends. through finding those answers.
1: Mm. That's so inspiring. What I hear you saying also is these girls are not your projects. They're your friends.
0: Yes, they're like I have a bunch of little sisters in Christ that yeah. I take along with me for life.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's great. How do you how do you keep them from being a project and keep them being your friends?
0: A project isn't a human. I look at them and I remind myself that they're a human. They have emotions, they have life events that are affecting the way that they're viewing life and they're made in God's image and that gives them infinite value and worth. And as you remember that infinite value and worth, you can't help but see someone whom God loves dearly and you just wanna love them back. And that's how they become the special friend that you want to encourage them on because you love them because God loved them first.
1: Well, Michelle, thank you so much for taking this time. I am very inspired and I know this is gonna be very inspiring to everyone who listens to this. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity.
1: It is of critical importance to develop authentic, loving relationships in order to make disciples. People can never be thought of as projects, for God does not view us that way. Weren't these podcasts with Michelle inspiring? You can make a difference. You can make disciples, even if you feel you're not capable of answering all the questions that people have. How about just asking a friend if you can read the Bible together with them? That is an excellent way to start. Join us next time as we start a new series on Making Disciples Naturally.
0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the Navigators nor of the Kansas community's ministry. Thank you for listening.